the information presented in this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. It should never be used as a substitute for mental care, medical care, prevention, diagnosis, counseling, treatment, or other services. Always consult a mental health professional before engaging in any activities discussed in this podcast. Thank you for listening. Have you ever wished for magical powers? Do you still await your Hogwarts acceptance letter? Well, welcome to Hogwarts. You are magical. And this is your invitation to join us in exploring the psychology behind the most magical series, Harry Potter. Welcome to Harry Potter Therapy. Hello, all you magical people out there, and welcome to Harry Potter Therapy. I am your host, Dustin McGinnis. I am a musician, filmmaker, and all-around fanboy. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. I'm a clinical psychologist, author, and a full-time witch. Thank you very much for tuning in to the second season of Harry Potter Therapy. I wanted to thank all of you out there that have been supporting us and listening to us up to this point. Thank you so much. We will be covering Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, starting with Chapter 1, The Worst Birthday. Let's get started. The first line of this chapter suggests that arguments are commonplace in the Dursley house, which we pretty much already know. But specifically, these arguments are all towards Harry. It begins with Vernon Dursley instigating an argument over Hedwig. Hedwig is now padlocked in her cage and making a lot of noise. I can't let you out, Hedwig. I'm not allowed to use magic outside of school. <coughs> Besides, if Uncle Vernon... Now you've done it. It's a bird, and it wants to fly away. Ironically, his need to ensure that Harry doesn't send letters to his friends seems to backfire. Of course she's all riled up. She wants to be free. All birds want to be free. There's nothing more free than a bird. In my opinion, anyway. Do you think there is any symbolism here? I don't presume to think what J.K. Rowling's intentions were with writing this, but... To me as a reader, I saw a lot of symbolism. I imagine it might have been on purpose. So with seeing Hedwig padlocked in the cage, we're also seeing how Harry too is being treated almost like an animal in the cage. I'm warning you, if you can't control that bloody bird, it'll have to go. But she's bored. If I could only let her out for an hour or two. <laughs> well, so you can send secret messages to your freaky little friends? No, sir. With very few things he's allowed to do. He's often required to hide out in his room. He's being fed the kind of food scraps that only dogs would eat. And so it really seems like he's being treated worse than someone's pet would be treated. In fact, he's being treated in a rather inhumane fashion. Definitely. 
On the other end, Rowling doesn't pull any punches with her descriptions of the Dursleys. She makes them out to be more than obese. What are your thoughts on her descriptions here? This is probably one of the few kind of criticisms towards J.K. Rowling that I agree with. I absolutely adore her and I adore her writing. I wish that she didn't include what can be perceived as fat shaming toward the Dursleys. It seems like when she's describing how awful they are, she's also describing how overweight and how large Dudley is, especially Dudley. And so the description of someone being heavy appears to go hand in hand with them being cruel or being a malevolent character. And it's a kind of stereotype that I am very actively trying to fight against. I definitely trying to make people aware of fat phobia and fat shaming and unintentionally sizest remarks that people sometimes make. So I do think that in a way, Dudley especially is portrayed in a villainous fashion, not only because of his actions, but also because of his size. And I wish that was not the case in the series. They are a family that you love to hate. I mean, just in their descriptions, just in their treatment of Harry. And I myself would read these passages and see these movies and see how they were treated and how they were overweight and how their characters were. And I guess because I hated them so much, I didn't even really think about that aspect of someone else being hurt by it or the fat shaming aspect of it. So Rowling describes... Harry's loneliness, specifically for Hogwarts, as being like a constant stomach ache. How can this correlate with the idea that emotional pain is similar to physical pain? They are similar. When we're either teased or when we're being singled out or excluded, it causes not only emotional pain, it also causes physiological reactions in the pain centers of our brain. And so when we feel lonely, disconnected, anxious, or depressed, we feel these emotions not only as kind of a cognitive phenomenon, we also feel it in our body. Many people experience it as a stomach ache. That's why a lot of children have stomach aches, and as do many adults. And this is how we might experience anxiety, but we also might experience rejection and loneliness in this way. The stomach is where over 90% of our serotonin is produced. Serotonin is the body's feel-good chemical, one of them. And so when we're feeling rejected or alienated, our stomach might actually start to feel upset and we might produce less of this chemical. In addition, when for whatever reason the body produces less of this chemical, we're more likely to be more sensitive to other people's criticisms. So for Harry, who's already been living with the Dursleys over the past couple of months and been again bullied and picked on by Dudley and by his aunt and uncle, having not heard from his friends and believing that he's all alone, I imagine that these experiences would very much create not only the feelings of loneliness and rejection, but also different kind of physiological sensations like a stomachache. But I haven't had any messages from any of my friends. Not one. All summer. Who'd want to be friends with you? To just add to his struggles and his pain, 
it's his birthday, and the only person who remembers Harry's birthday is Dudley. Of course, Dudley seems to have only remembered Harry's birthday in order to rub it in that no one cares about him, and he essentially makes fun of him. As you were mentioning, it, it does make him realize that his best friends Ron and Hermione haven't reached out to him this summer and didn't wish him a happy birthday themselves. What does this suggest about the need for connection? So at this point, Harry believes that they, in fact, have not reached out to him. He's, of course, mistaken, but he believes that he's all alone and that his friends don't care about him. We humans are social creatures. We have a biological need to belong and to feel like we are a part of something. And so having experienced friendship and friend love, Harry is now pining for it. He's yearning for it. And so to feel as if he's being neglected after all this time, I imagine probably feels excruciating for him. I think love, whether it's romantic love or familial love or friendship kind of love, can give us the kind of strength that we didn't previously know we had. But the absence of that kind of emotional support can be excruciating and can actually make us feel extremely depleted. Yeah. So Uncle Vernon is supposed to have some company over specifically to make a huge sale for his drill company. The family, and I'm air quoting family, all have jobs to do to essentially pull off this scam, even Harry. Harry has to go to his room and pretend like he doesn't exist. This is probably very easy for him to do at this point. It's not something I imagine is out of the ordinary for him. What does this suggest about isolation and adapting to the role that you're dealt? This part of the chapter really broke my heart, seeing the way that Vernon was rehearsing with his family, how fake they were all being, how inauthentic they were all being, especially Dudley, who claimed that he wrote a report on his hero, Mr. Mason, whom I believe in this chapter he's meeting for the very first time and supposedly had written this paper about him. And Petunia is actually encouraging this kind of lying, and it's really sad. Now, let's go over our schedule once again, shall we? Petunia, when the Masons arrive, you will be... In the lounge, waiting to welcome them graciously to our home. Good. And, and Dudley, you will be... I'll be waiting to open the door. Excellent. What's also really sad is that at this point, Harry has completely resigned to the one role that he is asked to play this evening, which is to pretend that he doesn't exist. So he has to pretend that he's not even there, that he's not even a human being, that he's not a part of the family. And you? I'll be in my bedroom, making no noise and pretending that I don't exist. Too right you will. With any luck, this could well be the day I make the biggest deal of my career. And you will not mess it up. Just think about the ramifications of that. To have a family that is so ashamed of you that they would rather pretend you don't exist than to introduce you to their visitors. I mean, how heartbreaking and how awful. That'd be terrible. And how inhumane is that? Reading this part... It absolutely broke my heart over and over and over again every time I read this, and it infuriates me seeing the way that Harry is treated. And although Harry 
probably doesn't even want to be around his family. This kind of isolation does leave a mark. It leaves a very emotional mark, making people feel like nobody cares about them. And so, yes, he's adopting to this role. He's resigned to it because he doesn't really have another choice. But as we do see later in the series, this kind of abuse and neglect does catch up to him and making him more sensitive to rejection and to criticisms and other people's responses. It seems like every book in this series starts off with the Dursleys and it starts off on kind of a bummer note. So as we were mentioning, everybody had a role and Aunt Petunia makes a very lavish meal for the dinner party, but only gives Harry what sounds like prison food. She gives him a couple of slices of bread and a lump of cheese. Sometimes I think Rowling would make a great Sith because the way she <laughs> writes the Dursleys, I can feel the hate flow through me every time I'm reading yes. this. <laughs> so, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, she writes it. So you see with hate towards these people almost. Yeah, she does a wonderful job of creating these opponents. You know, they're not necessarily villains, but they're definitely opponents. And they're the kind of opponents that at certain parts of the story, I hate more than Voldemort because they're supposed to be his family. They're supposed to care. It's their job. They took him in. They're supposed to protect him. And to treat a little boy in this way is just abhorring. They cook this lavish meal, but she only gives them just a couple of slices of bread and a little bit of cheese. It's pretty apparent that they're starving him. We see earlier in the chapter that she swings a frying pan at him. It just seems like there's so much evidence of emotional abuse, neglect, and possibly physical abuse. All of which, if this was real and if Harry was my patient, I would be calling child welfare services. Most definitely. It's just abominable. It hurts to realize that there are actually people out there that suffer these kind of injustices and this kind of abuse. And I think that's actually the power of fiction. That's the power of Harry Potter is that like a lot of fiction stories out there, it's a story that tells the truth. This story touches on so many really dark and really painful topics, including child abuse. It's a kind of topic that's not often talked about. And I think that we really see the ramifications of child abuse as Harry grows older, as trauma becomes more and more difficult for him to endure, and as he later really suffers from all the ways that he had been traumatized. And it starts here. It starts with not having had the kind of support and love and nurturing environment that we all need to thrive and to survive. I know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who have not experienced that kind of loving and supportive home environment. Very similar to Harry might have been abused or neglected or for many people even worse, maybe molested or sexually assaulted. And for anyone out there who's listening, for anyone that had ever been through something horrific as a child or as an adult, just know this. This is just an origin story. This is just the beginning and just like Harry Potter, your story does not define you. This is just the beginning of your heroic journey. The rest is up to you. I think 
that so many of us endure and survive the kind of things that we don't think we will get through in the moment. And then when we actually look back and see the kind of mountains we've overcome, we can stand back for a moment and say, hell yeah, I did that. Yeah, that was wonderful. Thank you so much for saying that. Just like you were mentioning to the audience that you can rise above it as a origin story, Harry resigns and starts going up those stairs and he goes to his room, but there's someone in his bed already. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so we'll be visiting that development on the next episode of Harry Potter Therapy. Again, my name is Dustin McGinnis. You can find me on Twitter at The Valiant Geek. And I am Dr. Janina Scarlett. You can find me on Twitter at Shadow Quill or Dr. Janina Scarlett Official on Instagram. If you're interested in learning more about Harry Potter Therapy, you can check out Dr. Scarlett's book, Harry Potter Therapy, an unauthorized self-help book from the restricted section. Speaking of Harry Potter Therapy, we want to award one of our magical listeners with a free signed copy of Harry Potter Therapy, as well as a Hera Dragoper from Dr. Scarlett's book, Therapy Quest. So the winner this time around is Princess Alicia. If you can contact us directly at superherotherapy at gmail.com you can claim this award and we'll go ahead and send it out to you thank you so much for your support we hope you have a magical day 